Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solison. With me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who is so incredibly bubblicious, the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> Louise, bubblicious is definitely a term for today, huh? You like that? You like yeah, that? Well, I do. Did- I think my kids also have an LOL doll called Bubblicious, which she's dressed slightly like a hooker. So, okay. Well, you know, back in the day, you know, who knows what you did? We weren't there. We have no pictures. (laughs) So have you ever wondered why bubbles are round? Uh, No. Okay. So the reason why bubbles are round Just like balloons, scientists call them minimal surface structures. What this means is that bubbles hold the air enclosed inside them in the least possible surface area they can. So they compress, right? So out of all the geometric shapes, cubes or pyramids, the only geometric form or the geometric form with the least surface area is a sphere. That's why your bubbles are spheres. And it also means, unfortunately, we will never have square shaped bubbles. So take that and put that in your hat. <laughs> but don't pop a bubble while you try, though. It might right. hurt. I won't. I'm going to bring into it. So, but lucky for us, may not be able to have square bubbles, but there are lots of type of bubbles that we can put in our glass, right? And today's designated designated drinkers here to help us explore a few of our options since you know it's new year's time for bubbles um so please welcome our very bubbly guest <laughs> the president of Washline, trevor fry welcome to the show bubbly guest <laughs> wow bubbly all right i've got a lot to live up to it's been a it's been a long week already of wednesday so I'll, i'm gonna put on my bubbly face for you guys there you go <laughs> tis the season <laughs> yeah. hi trevor how are you gina I'm good. How are you? You, you know, good? it's not, nothing new, right? It's just like a normal year. Nothing <laughs> crazy this year. Everything's been, you know, super easy. How about yourself? Where did you move? I did. I moved to the country where I'm looking at a snowfallen ground with a deer. That's, it's just like uh, a, it's like a, it's a little winter like a, wonderland. Yeah, wonderland. What I do. And for this New Yorker, I'll just stay in the house. Other people will be outside going, let me get my camera. I'm like, I'm never going outside with that. <laughs> oh, you'll what be fine. What kind of deer is it? Um, she's a doe. A big one. Yeah, yeah. just a doe. She's pretty. She's pretty you big. Get, it's still bow season up there. You know, you see something with antlers, you can have dinner for the whole next year. Uh, you know, we haven't seen one with antlers, but I have seen a bunch of um, hunters in orange, you know, scoping. Yeah. Uh, going through the woods and I'm like what I'm like and I asked my husband I'm like what is that and he's like <laughs> I'm like um yeah okay I don't speak that language but let's see that. <laughs> <laughs> it was hunting season in Queens New York I would say someone's in big trouble so was, yeah know. someone someone owes someone some money yeah <laughs> yeah that's a slightly different scenario I think <laughs> I mean <laughs> anyway moving so on. So, so you're coming from your kitchen. Trevor's coming in from his his kitchen. So what are you guys planning this year? What's going on for New Year's? I know it's, you know, it's it's been a tough year. We're all looking forward. I'm assuming we're all looking forward to 2021. But what are we doing? We're, we're here to talk about New Year's and help people, you know, figure out what they want to put in their glasses. What are you guys planning on doing? Well, 
I mean, Trevor, first of all, is, is coming from the Sazerac house in Washington, D.C. So one thing that I love about what Trevor does is like he creates amazing cocktails and experiences and sends them all over the U.S. and does all of that. So being part of like Q-Tonic and, and, and all this loveliness that he sent us, I feel like we should almost, I don't know, Louise, you have to flip a coin, lead with me or lead with him, go. What do you feel like having first? Well, uh, why don't we just put you on the spot, get it all warmed up for us, and then we'll jump right in. All right. All right. So New Year's Eve, you know, everyone puts a lot of pressure on the situation and they have to like, you know, get something super expensive or make a cocktail that has 500 ingredients. Um, 2020 for me was, you know, a little bit of a shit show would be something easy to say. It was more than that. <laughs> Um, we pivoted we've done everything we possibly can is remain open and alive. So for me, I wanted to make my cocktail as simple as possible. Meaning I don't want to have to shake or do anything special in my drink this year at all. I just want to take it to the face. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I love, um, and I, I like to have multiple drinks. I always say I'm just thirstier than most people. Is it I'm thirstier? Do I like more cocktails than most people? I don't know. But what I came up with is something super delicious and really, really easy. And um, gin is, you can use gin. You don't have to use gin. It's kind of up to you. You can get really creative with it and put a fancy garnish on it if you want. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of really balls in your court, right? So all you need is bubbles, and Q grapefruit and gin is optional uh, and a dash of Ango. Okay. Anything else? Nothing great. How, right? how, how much gin do we need, Gina? Well, I'm going to, you're going to put gin in because I'm going to put gin in. So it's a half an ounce of gin. And then this is what's the craziest part. You ready? Half an ounce of gin right into your chilled glass. And if you don't have a chilled glass, that is okay too. And what I like to do, um, only for effect, cause and effect when you're doing something so simple as this, and I'm gonna open my little bottle. And I love these, I recommend this. If you're having a party and you, know, you don't know who's gonna be drinking what and you don't wanna waste it, these cute little Prosecco, um, uh, little 6.7 ounce bottles are the best. These little splits because you can drink them, you, can, you don't have to share with anybody, you don't need anything fancy, they screw off. Super easy. Ready? So you have your half an ounce in there. You have half an ounce to an ounce, depending on what you feel like doing. And you're just going to do 50-50 right up the center. Right? So you have that in there. Delish. Uh, and then one angle right across the top. Boom. That's it. Very, very simple. And up to you. And this is, you know, you know, God forbid I don't over garnish something because I thought about it and I was like, I'm not going to put a garnish, but of course I cannot not put a garnish because that would just be ridiculous, right? Um, you're going to take grapefruit peel and you're going to take like something maybe the size of a 50 cent piece. And if you don't know what a 50 cent piece is, you want something that's roughly two and a half to three inches in diameter and you're going to make a circle and you will squeeze it across the top. And I would not actually dump it in because it will make everything fizzy just discard it. And for me, I just threw it in the sink and I'm like, so <laughs> here we go. Proofs of the pudding. Is 
This is delicious as you think it might be. It is. I think look so. at all oh, those look how bubbles. pretty yours is. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. I'm yeah, using a little drink. Yep, I could drink that all day. And that might be a bad yep. thing, but I could. Um, <laughs> it's my new take on, you know, you know, you're entertaining, you're zooming, you're talking to people. However, you're gonna spend your New Year's in 2021, you know, you, you can have more than one. You can have like 10 and probably not even be that drunk, you know? Or or 10 excessive, five. <laughs> so so um Trevor brought us brought me some gin. Um, so Trevor, tell me a little bit about this gin. Apparently, this is um, from my uh, my my neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, Jay Rieger. Um, they're one of our clients um, with Washline. Uh, they're fantastic. Very uh, out of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, a good friend of mine, Ryan Maybe, was one of the founding partners of it. Um, so Jay Rieger, as a distillery, was uh, around pre-prohibition. Um, they did a lot of like catalog delivery back then they kind of they made everything all types of brandy whiskey gin um and then when prohibition came around they were uh one of the many distilleries that fell by the wayside um you know almost 100 years later um ryan was opening up his bar and he found like these notes from uh the previous distillery from the building that he was in and long story short he tracked down the great grandy um they revived the brand they brought in some really amazing people to consult on the making the product so for the gin in particular, I love because most people are familiar with Tangeray. Um, so Tom Nickel created this gin. So it's the only other gin he's created outside of Tangeray in 42 years. Um, and for an American or Western style gin, it's got a lot of those really, really nice London dry flavors. It's a little bit higher proof. Um, it's definitely got the juniper coming forward. It stands up and stirred drinks um, as well as shaken drinks. But um, it's, it's one of the, honestly, the reasons that I was interested in working with them, um, because I love, you know, gin, gin martinis and, and Negroni. They're usually what I'm, you know, find myself making at home or if I'm out, um, and it's fantastic in both of those, but it's actually really nice and it goes well with this grapefruit in here, Gina. It is. This is really lovely. This, um, nice notes on the nose, a lot of floral. This is, this is really, this is, I mean. I never talk, I never talk well of, <laughs> of Missouri, to be honest, Trevor, this is making me drink a lot of it. Maybe I can change my opinion. <laughs> it, I mean, I'll tell you what, they, they just, uh, last year in 2019, um, they redid their whole distillery. They have this amazing tasting room in there. I want to say it's, it's gotta be like, like over 20,000 square feet or something like that in the <laughs> warehouse district. Um, they did a really good job. So, yeah, I mean, they brought in, um, you know, uh, they have a, a Kansas City whiskey that Dave Pickroll um, helped them develop years ago, uh, who was not with us anymore, but was uh, previously with uh, Whistlepig and Maker's Mark. Um, and they make this really cool Amaro as well, which is like their Cafe Amaro, which you can find at most cocktail bars that are messing around. It's a great modifier. And they do a good uh, vodka. But there's just like good, good people behind good, uh, you know, product is for me how I really wanted to kind of get into the, what I'm doing now for a living. What? Peddling. This is delicious. This is the first time I've had this. This is really quite lovely. Yeah, it's great. Man. Oh, this is the mean, first time. Maybe it's the first time I'm nosing it prior to like having it in something else. Cause yeah, I have drank I think a lot I, of your drinks, Trevor. So, I have definitely made you at least an a martini or a- uh, Yeah. Or 10. <laughs> you know what I was just thinking? Yeah. This is like smells super, delicious it might be like really good and like a very simple cocktail doing like a, um you know a, a traditional um gin gimlet 
You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I, I love it. It's a workhorse. It really is. It honestly, like gin, you know, gin lovers really appreciate it. It is that kind of like London Drive style. I mean, obviously, you know, with Tom making Tangeray for as long as he did. Um, but uh, it's, it's got some nice subtle notes too. The citrus is there. You a little bit of like, you know, black pepper, but it's juniper forward. And um, yeah, we, we, we use it in Ricky's all the time. And, you know, like oh. it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't need to dress it up that much to, to really enjoy it, which I, I really um, kind of like being able to like celebrate the spirit instead of hide it. <laughs> it's the, um, it's the, it's literally, I love um, the juniper on it. It's really like sweet. You know, it's very fragrant juniper. It's like really pretty yeah. instead of like, sometimes it can be a little bit dry. It's almost, it almost smells sticky. And I think that's yeah. why I want that lime flavor with it. You know, yep. I don't know. Gina, when, you say, nice. when you say smell sticky, what does that mean? So it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It smells, love it. I, I just, what does that mean? So juniper, like, so juniper comes from all different places, right? So you have like uh, Mediterranean juniper, juniper from like uh, England, you have juniper from like Scotland, you have juniper that comes from Oregon. I mean, you have juniper from everywhere. And there's just like grapes, juniper has bricks, meaning that like how much sugar is in the juniper when they're, when they're going to distill it. So it's kind of an interesting thing. And um, what's really interesting also is that juniper grows. Like we're, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, we're, we're, done, we're out of Washington, D.C., but we have in like um, Northern Maryland, Pennsylvania border, the ability to grow amazing juniper as well. Um, it's a little bit different, and that is not quite as, it doesn't come in quite as, because uh, the weather is a little bit warmer in this area. It doesn't get as cold and ran, like rainy as it likes, like Oregon or whatever. But what's interesting is that the stuff that they're producing in the Mediterranean, meaning like northern parts of the Mediterranean, even though Cyprus does produce a lot of juniper, um, it has like, so think of it like this, more salinity from the Mediterranean regions, little less sugar. As you move north, less salinity, more um, sugar, and more sticky piney smells. Oh, right. Interesting. So well, that makes sense. The further, the further away you get from the, the eater, water, that's what your yeah. meter would look like. If that's a thing, <laughs> it is now. If it's not a thing, Trevor, we need to work on a juniper meter. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, you know, a lot of people that don't like gin, that's like their big complaint, right? They're like, it smells like a Christmas tree. And that's like some like lower tiered gins do, right? Like you, you open it up, it smells like a pine tree. And that's usually someone, I mean, for me, like it took me a while to get back into gin because I discovered it uh, probably earlier than I should have. Um, and so I had a lot of very bad memories from like the next morning being like, oh God, just get this flavor out of my pores. <laughs> And out of my, you know, so, um, but as you- Out of when, my you, pores, you, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed with the, that Irish, uh, you know, the, the Irish body of when we're kind of like processing stuff is like, you know, I was- Everyone knows what you've consumed. <laughs> yeah, I, I had my buddy, Tim Harley, he, uh, in town a, a couple of years ago, and we drank martinis and Telemore Dew, um, for a while one night throughout dinner and stuff and i went to a workout class the next day and everyone's like dude you smell like exactly like whiskey and martinis like go like stand in a corner or something like that <laughs> um, go stand in the corner my, my cousin just ate guacamole i'm like please get away from me <laughs> 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 the irish people he really you hold on to it 
Oh, <laughs> I think these yeah, Italians like, are born smelling like garlic, and I can't even smell when I have garlic on me. And people are like, yeah. um, are you like cutting garlic? I'm like, yeah, like yesterday. They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, gross. I took a shower. I washed my hands on stop. <laughs> Maybe I just, I, just, I just put it out of my skin. I don't know. So Trevor, tell us a little bit about, because um, Q-Tonic is, is you as well, right? Tell us a little bit yeah, about yeah. So, um, Q-Tonics. Q-Mixers, uh, so this is their grapefruit soda. It's one of my favorite products they make. It's super fresh. Um, it's not very sweet, um, but Q was created um, by, by Jordan uh, up in New York. He was actually um, doing an event, I believe it was at the Met, um, with uh, another pretty predominant um, person in our industry, uh, Sasha Petrosky. And they were doing an event where they were looking for a, ton like a quality tonic to go with the gin. And this whole question of like, why are we using like good quality, you know, spirits and then dumping tonic was just like all high fructose corn syrup and all this like oversweetened, unbalanced things on top. Like if we're just doing that and, and that's like three quarters of the drink. So he set out on a mission to um, create tonic and um, he's kind of grown that um, based out of Brooklyn um, into um super well-sourced ingredients. Um, so, you know, all of the ingredients that they're sourcing are coming from um, very uh, thought through areas. Uh, the grapefruits um, you know, are super fresh. The carbonation is their big thing. We we're talking about bubbles. Um, so if you look on any bottle of Q, uh, they actually put the, uh, the gas volume up there on the side for which one it is. So like for the grapefruit soda, it's like 3.8. Um, oh yeah, sure they, Yeah, so they do, and the reason they do that is because um, and you know gina will we've talked about this at length but like when you're adding carbonation to something um it, it can you know, be there to like mix up the flavors and everything but you're you're getting those like effervescence that are coming off the aromatics from those flavors adding your nose to it like that's the bubbles are coming up so the more carbonated it is um the more that's going to kind of come through and you almost see them like dance on top of like a properly like chilled glass so um you know they've got some of the uh, highest carbonated mixers uh, on the market, uh, their club soda. I know like everyone goes nuts for like how high they can put their Ramos gin fizz head, but like it's fantastic for things like that. Um, but they truly are just like for their, their mixers. I mean, if you like, if you like tonics, they have all different you know types of tonic from the Indian tonic, uh, which is, um, it's agave nectar, quinine a little higher and the agave nectar is a little higher to sweetener. Um, their yellow tonic is their spectacular tonic. Yep, there you go. Um, and that's gonna be a little bit drier. There's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know they've got an elderflower tonic now, and then they make some fantastic ginger beer. And I actually got hooked on Q at MCC, um, probably the, the last, like the earlier part of this decade. But um, I ran into a guy, and we kind of got along. And he was like, "Yo, I got this great tonic ginger beer and stuff," and I just was getting dram and grain going at Jack Rose. And I was like, I want it. And they were just, they were still at that point FedExing us. They didn't have distribution in DC. So they had FedEx us cases of ginger beer and tonic so we could use it there. Um, so it's just, it's awesome. And I think what like, you know, their point stands up. It was like, you're, you're doing a highball or you're doing something like this. It's, it's the majority of the drink over the spirit. So you should be having something as high quality as the, as the juice you're putting in it. Absolutely. I have, a, um, it's funny doing the show people think I know more than I really do. It's just, I hang out with people like you and Gina <laughs> that kind of steered me and taught me along the way. Um, we have a 
talk about Irish. We have this really crazy neighbor. She's a, a good crazy. She's kind of crazy one. She, sometimes you have no idea what she's talking about, but just stay there long enough. It'll get funny. But she's she's got this thick Irish accent and she's probably mid 60s. Um, but she loves G, she loves gin and tonics. And so she thinks I make the best gin tonics in the world. She's like, no one makes them like you. What it is, is I've learned from Gina and hanging out with people like you, well, how important it is to buy the mixers, to be, buy quality mixers. You know, I'm not buying what you just get off the regular grocery store. And for her, she thinks I have like reinvented the gin tonic. And really, I'm just following your footsteps <laughs> and doing what you, which makes total sense. If you're spending the money on a good spirit, why waste, why like shortchange the rest of it? I mean, you're talking about, and the difference in cost is just a couple of quarters maybe in the long run and you get a better cocktail out of it. But yeah, she still swears that I make the best gin tonics in the world. And um, it's because it's measured and I'm using good products that you would say. Thank you for teaching me. <laughs> I'm so much smarter than I really am. (laughs) It's like baking, you know? Yeah. And you can't bake cocktails. I don't care what anybody says. You know? Yeah. You can cook and like add and add a little bit more and you know, but but you could also you also overcook the meat. You just have to like it's you just gotta be precise, you know. Like a yeah. soup is forgiving, but a medium rare steak is medium rare. And that's it. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Gina, Absolutely. Did, you can't hide did, the fact that you overcooked your steak. <laughs> I, I'm so methodical like that. And I always I had so much respect. I mean, my, my mom just like put together recipes from my grandparents. And I remember watching my grandmother cook and I'm like, she doesn't measure anything, but she's just done it so long. Like she's making biscuits or she's, you know, whatever it is like, that precise it's almost more precise it's like if you go and watch like a a bartender that's worked in a high volume place for a really long time and they're on top of their game and they can free pour like just as accurately as someone that like has to pick up a jigger um it, it comes with time and it comes with practice but i used to just be amazed i'd sit in the kitchen to watch my grandma cook and like um be like what there's no measuring cups there's no like whatever she just knew like you know this was a tablespoon or, or whatever and i guess she was you know, cooking in Southern Virginia. So there was a lot of things that probably aren't as good for you now and there, but. Um. Uh, you know, do I, I don't believe that Trevor. I think that uh, all lard is good lard. Actually. <laughs> I, just, I just sourced bison tallow from Charlottesville, Virginia. So like I'm, 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 I'm hip to the, to the lard game. <laughs> yeah. Actually, but, it is, I mean, they John- eat it every day. No, but to try like biscuits made with lard, I don't care what anybody says. Hands down, we'll beat a butter biscuit any day of the week. So, yep. you know, it's, when you say that, though, when, you know, we're kids, Gina, you and I are close to age. Um, when we were kids, everyone used Crisco. Everything became Crisco. And now, I mean, di- and dietitians and, and, and they're all like, uh, that's terrible for you. Go back to lard. Um, again, of course, it's within moderation to your point, but um, it's not it's not terrible. It's better than the Crisco that's just going to harden in your arteries. And who, and actually that's made from cotton seed. It was a derivative. I, I didn't yeah. I never wanted to eat my clothes. So I'm going to go. Yeah. Cotton seeds, not for me. <laughs> yeah, No one eats it, but us not eat. You know, no one. You know, I've never looked at my sweater and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to boil it up and put some sauce on it. So <laughs> no. I eat Crisco. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I forget who told me one bacon, and I'm like, mm. Oh yeah. Hey, you guys, you know, like you had like, I, like, I don't know, like we always had like a mason jar with like the fat leftover, like frozen in the, in the freezer. And like, they would just use that to like start to bacon again or whatever. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I know it's not great for you, but 
I forget who told me it one time, or maybe it's a famous saying, but like everything is good in moderation, including moderation. So it's like, you know, it's okay to splurge every now and then. It's okay to go out and have a good time as long as most of the time you're keeping it even keel. That's a good definition for this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to adopt that in like a mod and a, and a mantra. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sure. work on that. <laughs> for sure. I think I'm ready for another drink, Trevor. What are you thinking? Can you yeah. do it? So yeah, let's do it. Um, this is probably one of my favorite classic drinks. Um, I, I love drinking it around um, New Year's. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, we worked in cocktail bars for as long as we have, but like New Year's always has this kind of like prohibition vibe. Everyone's like, you know, right around repeal day. And um, this is an airmail cocktail. Um, so this is basically a honey daiquiri. So using honey syrup and replacing simple syrup um, that we're gonna put uh, some, some champagne on top of. Um, so ounce and a half of rum, we're using the uh, 10 to one. This is. Uh, one of our clients as well. They're a, um, a pretty great company. Um, this is a blend of Jamaican and uh, Dominican rum. So it's got like a little bit of that funky pot still, not a lot of sugar in it at all. So it's like very, it actually makes this drink fantastic. Um, so I'm using a brute for my bubbles. So I'm gonna do three quarters of an ounce of honey syrup. Um, I do two to one honey syrup, so just two parts honey to one part um, uh, filtered water. Uh, and then we're going to do half ounce of lime juice and then we're going to shake um, even though Gina doesn't want to on New Year's. Um, <laughs> so this cocktail... Um, Trevor, for you, I'll shake it. But yeah, when the uh, the champagne era came about in like the, I guess what would you say, you know, like the late '80s, early '90s, it was it was thought to be kind of like blasphemous to put uh, bubbles in anything um, that wasn't just a glass. So what I like to do a little a little trick here, I know some people you'll see like pouring bubbles, you know, uh, down a spoon into the glass. I actually like to add um, the champagne to the drink when it's in the uh, cocktail shaker. Um, so I just put three ounces of champagne right in there, just because, especially with this drink, you want all these flavors to kind of get mixed up together and, and all that. And uh, I've got a chilled coupe here, but I did forget a uh, strainer. So you're going to see my um, club bartending uh, yeah. <laughs> days come through here when I... So it's just a super fresh, not a very boozy drink. Um, you know, you can kind of make it easier if you want. Um, slap a, you know, a lime wheel if you'd really like. I think it's got enough effervescence on its own. Uh, some people like, you know, the way it looks, it kind of fits in that daiquiri mold, but it's really kind of fun how the, you know, depending, you know, you can kind of change based on like what kind of bubbles you have, but like, like a brute that's got a little bit less sugar, up the syrup a little bit. You're using a rum that doesn't have as much sugar as well. Um, so it's just like a really nice balance. You really get so, like that. Document. So based on your bubbles, because um, a brute will be drier, correct? So if I had yeah. say something that really maybe a little more fruit forward with my in my bubbles, I would I would cheers. adjust that. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, guys. So that's an airmail, fantastic classic cocktail. I think 
for anyone to really have in their arsenal because um, it doesn't take a lot to make it. Um, the fresh ingredients, you know, really make Good. this drink pop. But mm -hmm. I really like the honey syrup. The honey in there is delicious. By the way, this rum is killer. Yeah, man. So we, we, I mean, this is the great thing about like what I do now compared to what I used to do, which is I, I meet some. I'm sorry, what people. I do every day? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What? What? I still bartend. It's just like this now. Um, but uh, as far I, as like day to day, I mean, I just, I, we, we, we got in touch. We had a friend who had started working for this brand. Um, the gentleman behind it, Mark's from Trinidad. And he's just one of those people you just want to be around. He's just like so intelligent and has so much experience. I just like want to absorb some of it like via osmosis. But um, he really wanted to create something that was representative of, um, you know, the, the rum drinking culture in Trinidad and the Caribbean in general. So um, everyone asked uh, 10 to one, like what the name's from. Um, I, I believe when there was some negotiation on, I'm not going to remember what it was, but it's basically the islands of the Caribbean are stronger together as one. So the 10 islands can forming to one um, oh, as far as representation. Um, and it was, I believe, the Prime Minister of Trinidad who, who said that famously in his speech. But, uh, but Mark Farrell is just, he's awesome. And our friend Matt Eisenman um, started working with them. And then we started talking to it and then we taste it. So they have this white rum, which is a blend of, like I said, Jamaican and uh, Dominican. And then they have an aged rum, which has um, some other rums in there from Trinidad and, and a couple of different places. And then they just released a 17-year-old rum, which is fantastic. And I think they took like like best rum at like the LA Spirits Award recently and, and like that as well. So they're new to our arsenal. Um, we just think it's fantastic. I mean, I love rum as a category, but this, especially the white rum, it's got like just enough of that like funky agricole flavor to it without like completely being overpowering, but it's, it's awesome. And like I said, another a great product with good, good people behind it. So it smells Kevin beautiful. Like, yes. I love like the, um, there's like an herb or something. Like, I want to say it's like, oh, what are they, what, what's the new word? Muckrat, muckrat instead of muckrat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It smells yeah. like that or fruit loops or that smell. Yeah. It's got super crazy of those like bright citrusy kind of floral notes to it. I, I, I thought it's, I mean, honestly, like I've nosed the product and I was like, what do we got to do to work together? Cause I think we can really get some good stuff going. And he was coming down for um, black restaurant week and we went out and we had dinner at some good places and like talked and, and so we're really happy to represent them in the mid Atlantic now. Um, Cause I think it's just a killer, killer product. Um, that's like, you know, it pays homage to a thing, but it's different enough in a, in a category to kind of stand out. So for our listeners, are they able to, are, are, across the nation, is it easy or more difficult to find 10 to 1? So depending on the market, so they, they launched in New York. Um, so in New York, I'd say it's fairly easy. Um, obviously, it's here now in the Mid-Atlantic. So D.C., Maryland, Delaware, um, I believe Florida. And in the Midwest, I think you're in Chicago. I can double check, but they have a great, yeah. I mean, their branding is fantastic. And they, if you go to their, their website, just, you know, 10 to 1 rum. Um, they'll they'll tell you all the markets and how it can find it. And I think depending on where you are and the different rules that are um, involved with it now, if, um, you know, you know, with Drizzly and all those things, you can actually just get it delivered to. So, no worries. So, uh, where are they going to go to get the recipes, Gina, and maybe a link to this uh, to, to this ten to one? You're going to go to designateddrinker.show. 
Wait. Uh, you know what I was just going to say? Designated drinker, not snow. I'm looking at the snow like, what is <laughs> happening to me right now? <laughs> I feel like I'm in Vermont and I'm not. <laughs> um, but you know, also- I could show you like really muddy slush out here in DC if you want to see it. it's not as aesthetically appealing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um I'm I'm actually terrified I'm gonna get stuck here with my family longer than I want to be. Um, <laughs> I like to. That New Yorker is going to be less afraid of the deer before before the end of winter, Trevor. I swear she's going to be out there. She's like, no, I'm out with the deer. Let's be totally yeah. honest. I'm returning in my minivan anytime this week and then getting a, tr- a truck that I could just like leave whenever I feel like it. I'm oh, like, Gina, you let you let me know. I will. My little you know inner redneck will come out and get you souped up, and we'll have you bow hunting deer by next season. <laughs> you know, little secret for everybody listening. I think my husband's going to get a bow, a, a, a crossbow, right? Is that, is that what it is? Because he wants yeah, to, he wants probably to get a compound bow. Yeah, yes. he wants to do target <laughs> practice. So he wants to like do like, um, you know, practice or whatever. And I kept thinking, I'm going to have my bartender friends come up and we're going to throw axes in my backyard and like <laughs> drink whiskey. And then I was like, that's just like Chris Schmidt's wedding. And I know you're listening, <laughs> one of my friends got married. And it was probably one of the best weddings that um, I've ever been to, but it was in the country. And that's when I realized that maybe this isn't so bad. So there you go. But is it it's my not. turn now? I have a question. Not yet. Do your thing. Well, you, you, we had to do a little more housekeeping because you didn't quite follow through on what they're going to get on that designated drinker dot show, Gina. I didn't. I got backtracked. But you're going to be getting all of the tips and tricks and how to use and how to get in touch with Trevor's company, Washline, where you can get Riegers, how to get 10 to 1, these lovely cocktails. And luckily enough, I have Louise's home phone number in case you want to call her in the middle of the night. And it'll be really fun because I'm sure her husband would appreciate it. <laughs> You and uh, just so everyone knows, you never make Gina your enemy. <laughs> no, do not no, you piss don't. her off. <laughs> you will no. pay. No. Okay, now, no, no, no. Now it's all you. Okay, Trevor, I've known you so long. So this question is so great for you. Um, so in this day and age, you know, everybody identifies themselves with some sort of spirit animal, and they're like really identify myself with a snow animal because it hangs out in the trees and really camouflages itself and and it, it hunts during the day and the night and it's a million of the forest. If you can identify yourself as a, an ingredient, whether it be alcoholic or culinary, what would it be and why? Ingredient, man. Um, oh, that's tough. I had such a good spirit animal answer. Um, I thought that's where you're going. Um, I, I would say, uh, I don't know, man. I, maybe something that's like kind of cool and classic. Like I want to say like Benedictine. I don't know why it just like kind of came to me. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's sweet, but it's definitely got some bite to it. Um, I think it usually makes things better. I mean, I've, I've been hard pressed to find a recipe where like a little bit of a, that kind of herbaceous liqueur and, and anything, you know, the Jambouis, Benedictines, like that whole realm um, of like improved old fashioned things. Like I think that would probably be it. I love yeah. that. You like answer. it? You yeah. That one, Gina? Answer. I mean, I know Trevor, so it's almost amazing that that was his answer because I could totally see where he's going with that. Like unexpected. Well, it's, a, it's a great bottle to have in a bar. Yeah. Night. You ever had to answer yes. that question, Gina? That's <laughs> like, amazing. You, uh, that was amazing. You have one one bottle to bring with you to a bar fight what are you gonna bring it's actually it kind of fits in there too <laughs> i 
love that answer. Perfect. Either that or that or Maker's Mark, because you have the grip on the handle. Oh. <laughs> what's up, what's up, Kelly Paul? <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right then, Gina. You know what that means? It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I, I just want to say Happy New Year's to everyone. I hope you've enjoyed your holidays. Be safe and uh, let's look forward to 2021. Here we come. Thank you. Cheers. 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 The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. Missing Link.company.